Before we get into this episode, did you know that Beyond Rockets is a podcast management company that specializes in helping you launch, manage, and promote your podcast? We work with you every step along the way. To find out more information about podcast management or social media marketing, you can visit our website today, beyondrockets.com. Welcome back to the Beyond Rockets podcast. I'm your host, Clark Dunn. The Beyond Rockets podcast is a way for me to showcase and highlight some of the small business owners, entrepreneurs, and talented creatives here in the Rocket City that make Huntsville way more than just a Rocket City. If you're not yet subscribed to the podcast, you can subscribe wherever you listen. You can follow me on YouTube at Beyond Rockets, as well as Instagram at Beyond Rockets to stay up to date with new and exciting things happening in Huntsville, as well as new episodes as they are released. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy Small business owner, remote worker, entrepreneur. Have you heard of Coin Coworking? It's Huntsville's latest hidden gem inspiring an affordable community workspace. Situated in the beautifully renovated Lincoln Mill campus, just minutes from downtown, Coin is the ultimate co-working space in Huntsville, offering creative yet professional workspace, an unmatched networking community, and affordable membership pricing. Your business will have zero problems adding a little coin to your bottom line. Consider Coin your all-inclusive resort for professional workspace. You simply pay an affordable monthly membership and you unlock amazing amenities, including professional, modern, and complete workspace, team meeting spaces, air printers, copiers, and scanners, Google Fiber Wi-Fi, locally sourced drip coffee, and so much more. From affordable flex space memberships to private office options and everything in between, Coin Coworking has exactly what you need to be excited about work again. Take care of your office space headaches and you can focus on achieving your career goals. Declare your independence from your current drab and boring office setup today and schedule your tour of Coin Coworking. Learn more about Coin and schedule your tour today at coincoworking.com and all this information will be in the episode notes. Welcome back to another episode of Beyond Rockets. Today I sit down to talk with Lady Smith, the owner of Snail on the Wall, which is a full-service bookstore without the store, based in Huntsville, Alabama. The Snail's mission is to offer specially selected books that readers will love. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm glad to be here. So the first question I normally always ask the guest is, are you originally from Huntsville or did work or family bring you here? Well, I actually went to high school here. My family moved here when I was in ninth grade. So, you know, in Huntsville lingo, I think I'm from here. (laughs) For sure. I mean, I think there's often, as Huntsville's continuing to grow so much over the last couple of years, Oftentimes I have, I came in high school, I came in college, I came because of my husband, because of my wife, I got a job here. So it's always interesting to see kind of what made someone kind of get the opportunity to actually come and experience Huntsville. But it's changed so much so quickly over the years, which is insane. So much. And my husband is originally from here. And so we went away after college and graduate school and we kind of needed to be away to appreciate Huntsville (laughs) and come back. And now we are so glad we did. Yeah. So what originally is your background in? Because I was reading on the website and you have a PhD, you're an English teacher. So take me back through kind of what you went to school for and kind of what were you doing job wise prior to Snail on the Wall? Right. Well, I have always loved books. I spent a very long time studying English and literature. I got my PhD originally to teach. I planned to teach and maybe on the college level. And I did that for a little bit, taught at Birmingham Southern for a year or two, and then just kind of wanted to transition. You know, it's very hard to get an academic job these days. And it's more about the publishing than the teaching Mm -hmm. sometimes. And so I ended up going to work for Southern Living Magazine in Birmingham. 
and I became an editor and worked there for a while, worked for Coastal Living Magazine. That was a great job. It was a little bit of travel, but just a lot of perks and great people to be around. And then I worked freelance when we moved here as an editor and I still say I'm a recovering academic, but I've (laughs) just stayed with books. It's always been about books. So I guess so. You originally launched Snail on the Wall in 2017. Kind of take me back to sort of the months leading up to that. When did the initial idea kind of spark? When did you think something like this could be possible? And were you looking at other examples of somebody starting something similar to kind of build upon your idea? Well, to be honest, anyone who is a true book lover has thought about opening a bookstore. (laughs) And I know that because people continue to say it to me all the time. We always think about how fun it would be to open a bookstore. It's just kind of this vision. So I had that thought, but, you know, it's just, it would be a big risk. So I kept thinking about it and I didn't have any experience with book selling either. So I was sitting, actually, I used to serve on the library foundation board here, which is a great organization raising funds for the library. And they said, we really need a bookstore in town because when we have library events with authors, we can't get anyone to come sell the books. We know you're thinking about opening a bookstore. (laughs) Would you just try it? Yeah. So I started with a booth at Randolph's Under the Christmas Tree, which is their Christmas market. So I had that conversation in September, was sitting with someone who was in charge of merchants for Under the Christmas Tree. She said, let's get you a booth. (laughs) And within a few weeks, I was trying to get my business license. and. I mean, that was a quick turnaround. It was a quick turnaround. I mean, I guess it was something that you've thought about for a while. Like you've always kind of had it in the back of your head. And I guess at that point, that push that the library kind of gave you kind of just like, okay, if someone else is, we've seen that this could potentially be an idea that I want to do. And I've gotten the response from the community that says, we really want this too. Let's just jump right in. And you did. Right. It was low risk at that time. I just thought I have no idea even how to order books. So I figured out one, I started with Penguin Random House and I thought I'll have one publisher that I'll order from. And I called a few local bookstores and kind of talked to them. I mean, I say local, but in surrounding states, kind of talked to them a little bit. Then I just kind of learned on the job. Wow. So, I mean, you open the booth up. You already have the name, I guess, Snail on the Wall. And I think what's interesting is I was looking at the website about how that name came about. Can you talk a little bit about where that name Snail on the Wall comes from? Yes. So just before I opened the bookstore, for about a year, I started blogging. I thought, I really want to find a way. It's that kind of teacher background in me. I want to find a way to share books with people. And so I started a website. I thought of the name Snail on the Wall because Virginia Woolf is one of my favorite authors. And she has a story called The Mark on the Wall. In the story, there's a narrator who's sitting there and she sees a mark on the wall and she doesn't know what it is, but it makes her think like maybe it's a hole left from the last owners. Maybe it's a plant. Maybe it's that she doesn't know what it is. Mm -hmm. At the end, her husband walks in and says, there's a snail on our wall. So it's the snail that made her think about all these things. And that's kind of what I wanted to do with the blog. And then when I transitioned to the bookstore, I thought, well, I've already got a logo. I've already got a name. It's a little bit memorable. Let's just stick with it. So you opened the booth up under the Christmas tree for Randolph. Was the success right off the bat or did it take people kind of a little bit of an idea to kind of get used to having a this bookstore 
without actually having the store. Yes. Well, I will say that probably my vision of success was probably on a very small <laughs> scale at that point. I was happy when friends came to buy yeah. books for me. And I did have friends that really supported me. But also, I have a lot of friends that are book lovers that understood the importance of an independent bookstore being in our community. Yeah. And that is what really created kind of the buzz from day one is that we didn't have, you know, Huntsville used to have a number of independent mm -hmm. bookstores and like cities all over the country around the eighties, that's when the big chains started to take over and the independent bookstores started to die out a little bit and started to close. And then our big Amazon empire came and it's made it hard for all of us to yes. survive, but there's a resurgence of bookstores. And so I know that there are a lot of people in this community that even want people that move here that say, where is the independent bookstore? We need one. Yeah. And so I've just tried to fill that void, even though we don't have a brick and mortar, I've tried to do what other bookstores are doing for their communities. And you've partnered a lot with the local small businesses here and kind of doing pop-ups. Kind of how does that process work and what are some of the pop-ups you've done over the years? Well, early on, I did pop-ups at Honest Coffee. I've done some at Cottage Collective. For the past few years, I've popped up for the whole month of December at Roosevelt and Company wow. on Clinton Avenue. And honestly, for the most part, it's just kind of talking to the business owners and saying, I'll bring a pop-up for the day. We'll both promote it to yeah. our people and, and it works for them and it works for me. And I've had a lot of businesses then start to reach out to me to say, wow. well, you come. That's do awesome. Yeah. With us. yeah. I mean, cause like, I mean, you've been around since 2017. I bet there's still people today when you do these pop-ups that come in and check out your stuff and you're like, like, how long have you been doing this? And you're like, Oh, I've been doing it six years now. And you're like, you're like, Oh, I had no idea you were here. How do you kind of combat that besides just the pop-ups? Like how are some other ways you're trying to get into the community and be involved and be seen? Well, the partnerships are very important. And then I have a lot of people question what kind of marketing you do, but I've not found that print advertising works very well or media advertising, but actually it's word of mouth and it's things like this. It's yeah. podcasts like this. It is magazines that want to do a, a story. I've started doing a regular segment on Tennessee Valley Living wow. and people love to hear about books. And so that kind of content is interesting to people. And so that's kind of how I just keep building the word. <laughs> yeah. I mean, cause like, so like, how does the, pro I mean, for someone like, I have no idea how this process would work to then accumulate the books to then sell the books. So like you reach out to these publishers so is your house just full of books that you're selling or is it kind of like on demand? Like, how does that process work? It's a combination of that. Okay. I don't stock as much as a brick and mortar bookstore would because I don't have the ability in the storage, but I have a lot of books in wow. my house. And when I've got a big event coming up, which we can talk about a big event that I had this week, I mean, the books kind of took over my house. If you open a closet, there would be a stack of books and I kind of know what is there, mm -hmm. but I also don't keep a lot of any book in stock. And okay. so the great thing about book selling is that publishers allow you to return books that aren't sold. Oh, wow. Because books are current. They're kind of relevant for a moment and then they then the hardcover transitions to paperback. So you return the hardcovers and then you get the paperback. Mm -hmm. So it's a constant in and out. Yeah. I bet you're always kind of like you're figuring out too, as over the years, you've probably figured out like what does your audience primarily enjoy? And you're able to kind of nitpick what, okay, I can take more stock of that now and kind of hold off on this for right now. But I guess still, like you still see different spikes where you'll see people come through that maybe you're interested in something that you might not have on hand at the moment. Like how quickly are you able to then 
get that book for them and then give it to them and deliver on that. Right. So we do special orders. We say every order is a special order, but we do special orders every day. People are ordering on our website and they are books we don't have in stock, but we can get them in about a week. Yeah. And then we deliver to local doorsteps. That was what we realized at the beginning. I knew that if I didn't have a brick and mortar, I had to find a way to get the books to the people. Yeah. And so we offered free delivery. And at first it was Huntsville. And then now we've expanded to Madison and we're delivering pretty much every day. Wow. I mean, that's insane. And like like you talked about, the, I noticed there was a, an event you did, I guess, was it this past week? Yes. It was a huge event. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So... And I will say that one of the inspirations for the bookstore at the beginning was author events. Okay. You know, kind of back to what the library was saying. They were bringing a few authors to town, but I could see the bookstores in Nashville and Birmingham bringing authors, nationally known authors, to their cities. And I thought, okay, we're just right in the middle of Nashville (laughs) and Birmingham, and these authors could stop here. And I really wanted to do that. I knew that we were missing that opportunity. So that's been a big goal of mine. And we've done some smaller events at local businesses. We've done big events. This past Tuesday was our biggest event we've ever had. 350 people in the audience, but we had four authors. It was called Friends in Fiction, and it's a collection of four authors. And really that came about because one of the authors, Patty Callahan Henry, is based in Birmingham, has done a few events here saw the interest here and has liked what the snail on the wall is doing. And she said, let's bring friends and fiction wow. here. I think you can do it. And we did. We so had a huge. Where did you end event. up doing this big event? So we did that at Randolph's, Randolph School in their Thurber Arts Center. And I partnered with the Huntsville Library Foundation because it's just always good on a big event like that to find a partner. I almost don't do any events by myself. There's almost some kind of partner of some type, yeah. the scout guide okay. or partner sometimes or whatever the venue would be. And so it extends our marketing reach, yeah. but also, you know, it took a lot of staff. <laughs> yeah. So they had volunteers. I had yeah. my 350 staff. 350 people is, I mean, that like is events like that something that you're hoping to get to the point of doing quarterly or getting to do twice a year or kind of what is the expectation moving forward for something of that scale? Events like that don't happen very often where you have that big of an audience. We've had a few. Sean Dietrich, who's also known as Sean of the South, brought about 300 people. That was right before COVID. We were his last stop before the world shut down. It was whatever (laughs) that was, March 13th, 2020 or something. And so we were just kind of getting into that big audience event routine. And then everything shut down. And so it's just kind of coming back. But there aren't many authors that 300 people would come to see. You know, I mean, we all have our interests. Like it's a huge milestone for you to see that. But there's also like the level of of author that can warrant the time to do something like that is not few and far between, but there is a select number that can do that. Right. And I will say that what I really would love to do are the smaller events on a more regular basis, because there are so many debut authors that people have never heard of, that if we would bring them and we started doing that on a regular basis and started just having people come out to learn about something that they don't know anything about. So I think that's really my goal for the future is to just try to do it more regularly, not the 300s (laughs) and not necessarily even ticketed, but sometimes just free events where they could come here and author talk. I mean, I guess like thinking of that, you talked about you were building the momentum at the beginning of right before COVID happened, but I guess COVID as a whole for you and your business maybe didn't have as big of a 
downtick because I mean, yours is all remote anyway. Like you don't have a brick and mortar store. You don't have employees. You have to worry about regulations. Did you see a downtick during COVID or did you see more and more people being home and wanting to read? I saw an uptick. Wow. So I was one, I'm, I'm in a network with the American Booksellers Association and I'm in a, a network with bookstores across the country. Most of them were struggling. They were suffering because they had to be closed. They were brick and mortars that were closing. They were trying to figure out how do we get books to people because they can't come inside and shop. They were having to figure out delivery and curbside pickup. Mm-hmm. I was already doing it. And like you said, people had more free time. They wanted to read. And so my business exploded. Wow. And it was wonderful because we didn't have all the normal happenings in life. So I had the time to really expand. That's when I really started delivering in Madison. My daughter, who was a teenager at the time, she helped drive and deliver. And we saw parts of Huntsville we had never (laughs) seen before because we were taking books to new customers. And so that actually ended up being an interesting time for my bookstore. And to be honest, a lot of bookstores across the country ended up keeping delivery and then some closed their brick and mortars and became pop-ups like mine and when i first started and went to national book selling events there weren't any other non-traditional models like mine everyone was like why are you not in the brick and mortar like people want to come in they want to look through everything and you're like well like it's working now and then through covid i mean you said the momentum that you were the new customers that you were gaining did you see sort of that continue past covid now in the time now in 2023 when we're sitting down i guess it's june 8th are you still seeing those customers that you got during COVID still coming back to purchase books now? So yes and no. Okay. You know, there was also at that time a real push to shop local and yeah. to support local businesses to help them survive. So that kind of people got back to their normal lives about a year later and and a few things. They didn't shop local quite as much, maybe, but they also didn't have the free time to read yeah. quite as much. You 100%. know, people are back to normal life. Yeah. So I would say that the business is still Great, but I do need to try to find a way to reach some of those customers yeah. that became regulars at that time and then maybe have fallen off for one reason or another. Yeah. I mean, thinking back through this journey you've had with Snail on the Wall, did you always envision yourself as a small business owner and that one day you would own a small business? Or was that never really a thought to you up until this idea for Snail on the Wall came about? It was never a thought. Although that kind of spark to own a bookstore was inside, I never thought about the business side of it. And I really still, I say QuickBooks is my least favorite book. (laughs) Like I'm terrible at the business. I shouldn't say I'm terrible at the business side. I have learned. 100%. But, and you have to learn every aspect of it. You can't farm it out to someone else because you have to know what's going on. So I'm still learning. But all the sales tax reporting, (laughs) all the licenses, all the accounting, that's still part of it. And then there are all these things that, let me just say, book selling is a very complicated industry. Really? It's just, we talk about it in our Facebook chats all the time, how complicated it is because books, you know, they have a shelf life for one thing. They come in and out, Mm -hmm. like I said. Also, they have very strict on sale dates. So books usually release on Tuesdays okay. and you cannot sell those books before that Tuesday, but you have to order far enough in advance to have them have for the release time. date. Yeah. And so there are all those kind of complicating factors. And then the profit margins are tiny compared to some other industries. So we have to find a way to be profitable with very slim margins. Yeah. I mean, so like if someone is listening to this and they go to your website and they're ready to start 
purchasing stuff, what does the typical process look like from visiting your website to finding kind of what they're looking for and then actually purchasing it? Well, I'll say we take orders every way you can imagine. I get texts from people. I get (laughs) Instagram direct messages. They comment on an Instagram post and say, I want that. And then I follow up with them or they order traditionally through our website and all those ways work. So what happens is that if they were to go to our website, we would want them to browse around because we have a lot of suggestions and recommendations there Mm -hmm. and we're constantly changing the website to kind of feature things that we have. We sometimes have signed copies of books, so people love those. And so they would place an order on the website and we correspond with them about the timing and then we deliver to their doorstep. And delivery to your doorstep is an option if your zip code it's the local delivery. And if not, we ship nationwide all the time. Wow. And notice too, like I've looked in it a couple of times of doing like the, where it's like the packages where you get a select number of books every quarter. What does that look like in, in that experience? Multiple times I'm like, I really want to do this. And like, but for me, the books that I typically lean towards are business books. I lean towards stuff like that. Do you cover every sort of area that someone could be interested in? Or like what sort of categories do you fall under mostly? Well, I'll say that if you were to ask me what I sell the most of, it's probably the book club type of books. It's probably historical fiction, literary fiction, but we like to make recommendations to every type of reader. And that's what sets an independent bookstore apart from that big giant that won't be named Um, (laughs) because we're not an algorithm. We are truly people, humans. It's not just me now. Now I have some people helping me, but we make real recommendations. If you come to me and say, my last favorite book was Originals by Adam Grant, we'll say, okay, well, let us find some other things that we think you might like. So we have some subscription services that are completely tailored to the reader. They fill out a questionnaire and it's quarterly and we pick out books especially for them. I think that's such a unique thing. I think for me, I love getting recommended books. Like I had a business coach come on on the podcast a couple of weeks ago and we just talked about like a part of the podcast was just talking about book recommendations and he's recommend, he's my business coach. He's recommended books to me and I've read them and I've loved them and like vice versa. And so there's always that. So I mean, like we're in the studio right now, you can't see it on camera, but there's a whole shelf full of books that we have in the office of just variety of different business books from anything from how I built this to the lean startup and everything in between. So it's always one of those things that like book recommendations have such a powerful impact. And I think that's, like you said, what independent bookstores like yourself really pride yourself on and are able to really kind of work with the customer to find that unique thing that they can't just find at the local bookstore. Right. And I know that, you know, a lot of times if you do go visit a brick and mortar bookstore, I know one of the sections I had to is the staff picks yeah, because those are real people and I like to see and they've each got their own reading interests and personality. And so what I did a few years ago is I started a reader circle. So I have some reviewers that are constantly reading books and reviewing and we post their reviews on the website or we post them on our social media. And so that's been great because they read differently than I do. And obviously I can't read everything. So, (laughs) But publishers send us a lot of advanced copies because they want us to start to love a book and then promote it and sell it. And I guess over the years, you've really built those relationships with those publishers that you're able to get stuff a little bit quicker. You're able to get more access to stuff and all that. And I think that's really like, that's probably just been 
being in the business as long as you have. Yes. So that has been a big part of it. I've had to market to customers to buy their books from the snail, but I've also had to market the snail to publishers because not only am I trying to get advanced copies, like you said, or just relationships where they will recommend books that I need to know about, but also they're the ones that send authors on tour. Okay, And I have to prove that I can bring an audience. Yeah. If they're going to send an author, I have to prove that we'll show up. So that has been a big thing, and it continues to be. You continue to market yourself. You have a press kit that you <laughs> keep updated, and you build your relationships with your publisher yeah. reps. So so like thinking through this I mean, six-year journey with Snail on the Wall, what is something you know now in the business that you wish you would have known when you first launched in 2017? Oh, let's see. That's hard. I'll be honest. I'm not sure I wanted to know how complicated this yeah. was. It really is. I didn't know what I didn't know. Yeah. And so I think that I'm glad that I learned on the job. And there are things that I'm learning now that other bookstores do that I still say, how did I not <laughs> know that? Yeah. Um, but I do wish I had known from the start more about events and more about bringing authors because I think I could have started early on, you know, developing those relationships with publishers. So how much of your success thus far would you contribute to being in the right place at the right time? And how much would you contribute to your hard work? I would say I don't think it was the right timing, although that conversation was kind of a happy incident of people bringing their minds together and, but you know, I needed the push. I have tried to build on every community relationship I've ever had. Yeah. Before I started the bookstore, I was involved in a lot of different community mm-hmm. activities from the Junior League to the Library Foundation to Huntsville Symphony. So I was involved in a lot of organizations. And so I have literally called everyone to partner on an event or to see if they need to buy books for their organization. So I think that has probably helped me more than anything else, because I do think booksellers or bookstore owners and other communities sometimes have an uphill battle Mm -hmm. if they were kind of an introverted person sitting in their house. And so I've really tried to just mine every connection I have. Yeah. So, I mean, the last question I always ask is how can my audience connect with you, support you in what you're doing, buy books, just find out more information? Where can they look and and find you anywhere? Well, the snail on the wall would love to be the source for books for anyone that's listening. Like we said, we'll do your orders. We'll do your recommendations. We'll provide your gifts. We are online at snailonthewall.com. And then we are very active on Instagram, and that handle is at Snail Books, and also on Facebook at Snail on the Wall. And we'll have all their information, their social links, their website will all be in the episode notes, so you can find out more information there. Thank you so much for sitting down and talking with me today. It's been great learning more about the business, more about how to work with publishers and all that. Like I had no idea how any of that worked. Uh, I continue to look forward to the success that Snail on the Wall will have in Huntsville and Madison area and even in North Alabama and across the world for years to come. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Beyond Rockets. Don't forget you can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and on YouTube at Beyond Rockets. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Beyond Rockets to stay up to date with new episodes as they are released. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoyed.